It's a tremendous privilege this morning to be able to uh, introduce Matt. Many of us. You don't get that the next time you come. Do I not? Is it, is it a one time only? Is it? Oh, there we go. Matt is based in our Chester Street congregation. Oh, this is Matt. Well, this is Mrs. Matt. Now, let's have a choice. Who would like to hear Jenny preach? Who would like to hear Matt? He's got the microphone. He's won. But we are delighted to have uh, Matt and Jenny with us this morning. As I said, they're based in our Chester Street congregation. And Matt is going to be formally joining the eldership on the 23rd of June, I think. But it all depends on what happens in the next 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. We want to thank you for this dear couple and the girls. We want to thank you that their hearts are for you Mm. and to serve us. And I just ask now, Lord, that in these next uh, few weeks as the run-up to the 23rd of June, they will just know your presence and your peace in abundance. Mm. And, Father, that they'll just rejoice in what you're doing in and through them as a family. And for Matt now, Lord, just give him incredible freedom, we pray. Mm. In Jesus' name. And we just receive him as that man of God he is. And we look forward to hearing from you through your servant. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Alan. It is a delight to be here. Um, So I am continuing on uh, Prepare the Way series. Uh, So this morning we are going to be looking at uh, John 4, uh, verses 46 to 54, which hopefully should come on the screen. Fantastic. So I'll just read that and then we'll we'll dive straight into the passage. Um, So uh, once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man had heard that Jesus from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son. He was close to death. Unless you people see miracles, signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. The father then realised that this was the exact time which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. And this was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea in Galilee. I'll pray and, and then, as I say, we'll dive into the passage. Father God, I thank you for your abounding faithfulness. I thank you already, Lord, that your, your word is just shining forth this morning in our meeting. And I pray, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and just impact each one of us for faith to awaken afresh in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So John reveals in this passage the accessibility of Jesus and therefore the gospel. You know, guys, no one is excluded. 
In recent chapters, we see that a Jewish leader and a Samaritan woman and a Roman official, and it can go on and on and on. You know, they, and as we walk through this passage, I hope to draw out three key responses. So the first is the official's response. The next will be uh, Jesus' response. And then last is what should our response to the challenges and the circumstances of life be? And ultimately, my heart, and I feel the heart from this text, is let's build faith. Come on, let's, let's have faith in Jesus. So first, the official's response. He was desperate, absolutely desperate to see his son healed. Because, you know, his son was dying. And he had, he had seen and heard of what Jesus was doing. We see in verse 47, when the man heard that Jesus had come from Judah to Galilee, he went to him to come down and heal his son, for his son was at the point of death. We see in this passage, and in the passage in Luke 8, when we read about Jairus, you know, when, and as, as Jairus comes to him and says, Jesus, Jesus, my child is dying, come. You know, even this morning in the prayer meeting, Richard shared about that woman who pressed in. You know, she pressed in. She didn't, she didn't care about who saw that she pressed in to grab hold of the hem of his garment. And as Jairus pressed into Jesus, as this man presses into Jesus. So he heard about Jesus and he chose to seek him out. Perhaps he may have been exhausted. All other options. You know, you don't know. it. The text doesn't tell us what this man had done prior to trying to find Jesus. But all we know is that he personally travelled. He didn't send a servant. He was a Roman official. He could have sent anybody. But no, he personally tra- travelled. About 20 miles, the text would say, from um, Cana to Capernaum. And, you know, it's separated by hills. It wouldn't have been an easy journey. Um, But he was desperate to see Jesus. And this reveals his faith. You know, he had faith in Jesus. But he felt that he physically needed to see Jesus for his son to be healed. And this is a stark contrast, really, to what we see in Matthew 8. Now, Matthew 8 draws out the, uh, the story of, of, of the centurion. Now, I'm sure you guys know it, but I'll share it with you. You know, where it says in Matthew 8, verses 8 and 9, it says, But the centurion replied, Lord, am I not worthy? To, I, uh, sorry, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to the servant, do this, and he does it. This centurion displayed amazing faith. So today, as back in the time of this story is set, we see in John 4 that, you know, there is a desire for miracles. You know, we all have a desire for miracles. But you know what? You know, Jesus identifies in this passage but there is, you know, there's, in verse 48, it speaks about, you know, you desire signs and wonders. You know, aren't we so much like the Galileans back then? You know, we all want signs and wonders. You know, I'm sure there's not a single individual in this church who wouldn't love to see the dead raised, the blind eyes open, you know, the lame walking. You know, and the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Bible, the truth of our relationship with Christ is, yes, we want to see all of that. Of course we do. But they accompany the gospel. 
You know, they shouldn't be our focus. You know, and it's, and you know, like it says in John 6 too, a large crowd followed him because they wanted to see signs and wonders. You know, our focus needs to be Jesus. Always Jesus. Never anything but Jesus. And then, and only then, will the signs and wonders come. You know, however, does this man in this passage want to see these signs and wonders? Yes, he does. Yes, he wants to see the miracle. But, you know, he feels that he personally has to seek Jesus out. He personally has to travel these 20 miles from Cana to Capernaum. But you know, today, we don't physically get to see Jesus. You know, as, as Sarah was sharing and Alan as well, you know, when that wondrous day, that wondrous day comes, when we're in heaven and we're there face to face with our Saviour, and he says to each one of us who believes, well done, my good and faithful servant. That would be the day when we see him face to face. But you know, we don't get to see him face to face. You know, Naaman in 2 Kings 5.8 wanted Elisha to personally come. He did. He wanted him to come and, you know, wave his hand over him and make him well. But he didn't do that, did he? When you read that text in 2 Kings, what did he tell him to do? Go and dip yourself in that muddy stream over there and you'll be well. Because, you know, it wasn't about Elisha. It was about the Holy Spirit working through Elisha to heal this man. So the man had to be obedient. And eventually, as you read on in that passage, even being a very stubborn man that he was, he was obedient and he was healed and his life was transformed. So what I'm trying to draw out of this, guys, is that, you know, today... Too often, we feel we need to go to this place. We need to go to that place. We need to have this person pray for us. We need to have that person pray for us. If only I could, you know, at the front of a meeting with a mighty evangelist, get them to pray for me. Oh, yes, my life will be transformed. And yes, it probably would. And it will. But, you know, that man, that woman, this place in America, this place in Australia, this place in China, you know, the actual place has no power. Where's the power? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It never ceases to be, not be about Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, there is, this man grabbed on to this promise. When Jesus said to him, in, you know, in John 4, verse 50, he says, but Jesus had finished, uh, sorry, he said to him, go and your son will live. Because before then, you can imagine this man had travelled 20 miles. Now, if I'd walked 20 miles a whole day's journey, I would be pretty exhausted. But he, he went, didn't he? He wanted to see Jesus. So you can imagine, he pressed through the crowd, and there he was in Capernaum, you know, seeking out Jesus. He'd eventually found him, and he gets through right to Jesus. And he says, right, Jesus, you know, and he pleads with him, Jesus, my son is dying, come back and heal him. And what does Jesus say to him? Go. You can imagine, his first response probably wasn't a positive one. (laughs) Because I tell you, I would... What? What? What are you saying? I've come all this way and you're telling me to go. 
But then you, you just feel that the Holy Spirit will have come upon him. And it will have burst faith in his heart. And it's my desire this morning, as, as we've had so many amazing contributions this morning. Why have we had those contributions? Because the Holy Spirit is at work. It's at work in this place. It's at work in our hearts. It's so bubbling up that people in the congregation this morning couldn't contain it. So this the Holy Spirit is as real then as it is now, burst something in this man and he believed. And then he had to turn around and walk 20 miles back. A whole day's journey. You know, back then, wasn't the world of mobile phones. He couldn't have just said, phone the missus back home. Right, I've just seen Jesus. He said the son's going to be well. Is he well? Didn't happen. Didn't have WhatsApp. Couldn't suddenly group in his, all his mates. Right, okay. Jesus has said it. No, 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 no. He believed. He believed. And that's what sustained him for the 20 odd miles walking. You know, and when he got there, boy, he didn't even get the opportunity to get there, did he? Why? Because the Holy Spirit had been at work. The Holy Spirit at work. Jesus had spoken. And the Holy Spirit, that very moment, had acted upon the word of the Saviour. And had healed that young man. And you can imagine these servants will have been chomping at the bit. Where's our master? They couldn't phone him up. They couldn't WhatsApp him or Facebook message him or whatever it is. They couldn't put a picture on Instagram saying, your son's well. No. They had to wait. But they couldn't wait, could they? Because we read in, you know, in John 4, 51 to 53, it says, as he was going down, his servants met him. They told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them, what hour, you know, when did he become, get better? Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Now, does it stop there? No. Because you know, yes, Jesus wants to heal anyone here this morning who's sick. And my, my heart's desire, and as I've been praying and preparing for this, the Holy Spirit has been stirring in my heart the desire of God to see us restored. You know, if you're, if you're sick here this morning, your Saviour, your Heavenly Father, is passionate about you being restored. He is. But do you know what he's more passionate about than even your healing? Even if you need blind eyes open, even if you need deaf ears open, whatever you need. He's more passionate about you. You know? He cares about you. Each one of you. He, he, he loves you. And this man saw that. Because after his son was made better, He himself believed. And again, does it end there? Is it about one individual believer in a household? Well, praise God it's not. It's about his whole household who believed. So John wants us to see the faith in Jesus that's transformative. And, you know, he wants us to respond today to that. Because there's power in the name of Jesus, church. There's power in the name of Jesus. Because, you know, God works through 
the Holy Spirit at work in each one of us to bring that new birth. So it's a great thing that Jesus has gone to the Father. As he said to the disciples, it's, it's better for me to go because then the Holy Spirit can work throughout eternity. So Jesus today speaks into all our circumstances and situations and his wonder, God's wondrous grace is at work and that's his response, that's Jesus' response to us this morning. And that's Jesus' response to me, that's Jesus' response to you. That he works, he, he, he works in each one of our hearts to see that transformative power of the gospel. So today, church, let us, as a family, respond. You know, let us, let us respond to, these, to our amazing Heavenly Father. You know, as Alan brought out, you know, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, well, can I earnestly, earnestly cry out to you? Come to know him today. Do not leave this place without knowing how precious you are to God. You know, because Christ died for me. Christ died for each one of us. Christ died for you. And yeah, I don't know and your circumstances, I don't know your situations, but you know God does. And God can heal you. And God will heal you. And God does heal today. But more, he wants to work in your heart. He wants to set you free. You know, he who is free is free indeed. Again, not for anything we've done. It's all about God's grace. So church, know this. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. In him we're fully accepted. We're forgiven. We're free. We're secure. Jesus loves me. And if you don't remember anything from this message this morning, remember this. Jesus loves you. And if I make a complete hash of things tomorrow, yeah, that's not great. Does God love me any less? Of course he doesn't. If I, if I suddenly have to be in this really stressful situation, where should my reliance be? And if people say horrible things to me, where should my reliance be? shouldn't be on me. No. Why? Because I'm loved by God. My identity, your identity, is hidden in Christ in God. So you know what? When the world comes against us, and it will, I work in the NHS, it's a regular occurrence. But you know, praise God, that I don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy. I don't have to believe what this person or this manager or this individual says over to me. Whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's face to face. I don't care. Because you know, what, whose voice over my life, whose voice over your life is important? Jesus's. Jesus' voice. So this morning, church, remember this. Christ loves you with an everlasting love. He's died for you. He died for me. His grace has, is, 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 is there for each one of us. You know, we are accepted in the Heavenly Father. We are, we are clothed in the blood of the Lamb. And that's 
what our response needs to be today. We need to respond to that. We need to respond that we are so secure in Jesus that regardless of the world throws at us, we can stand. You know, I was hearing on the news this week about um, Jeremy Hunt and you know him revealing how persecuted we are as Christians throughout the world. And in the UK, I kind of thought, you know what? I'm not really that persecuted. People can say some not very nice things to me. They may not like what I post on Facebook. They may not like me telling them about Jesus. But really in the UK, we don't really know what persecution is. And when you read of our brothers and sisters in in Christ around the world, in nations where they can't preach the gospel, where they're they're beaten, where they're they're dragged out, it, it breaks my heart. But why do these faithful brothers and sisters in Christ endure all of that? Well, like Christ, they know that God is victorious. They know that there's power in the name of Jesus. And they believe. As did the man in this passage in John. They believe. And because they believe, their lives are transformed. Because they believe, their identity is secure in Christ. Because they believe, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. You may have a a job situation that you're desperate for. Believe. Bring it to Jesus and believe. You know, you may have a health situation that you're desperate for God to break through on. Bring it to Jesus and believe. You know, you may have family that have, have long since discounted the gospel. Bring them to Jesus and the power of God will work. And will take root in their lives. And they'll believe. Because it's all about Jesus. It never ceases to be about anyone else. You know, Tim Keller in his book, Reason for God, says this. We modern people think of miracles as a suspension of the natural order. But Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it was wrong and heal the world where it is broken. His miracles are not just proofs that he has the power, but also wonderful foretastes of what he's going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just a challenge to our mind but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. It's coming. But you know what? We don't have to wait to be in heaven to experience that heavenly kingdom. You know? We pray and and I'm sure you all have prayed over the years, you know, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So today, church, heaven is invading earth. It's here. You know, what's happened, what we read in Acts is a reality for us today. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. And Jesus is as real today as he was then. The Holy Spirit is as real today as it was then. You know, if, if tongues of fire descended then, well, bring it on, God. You know, so let, let uh, if I can ask the band to come back, let us, let us come and respond. 
you know, let us respond to Jesus this morning. I've been shorter than the 30 minutes, Mr. Bell. Yeah. Um, so let us, let us respond. You know, this because, you know, today is the day of salvation. Praise God. Today is the day of salvation. So if you don't believe, come and believe. You know, today is the day where you can see your blind eyes opened. You know? Like, can people gather around Richard? Like, you know, Richard Davies, he's got an issue with his eyes. And, you know, he can't drive because of that. And, it's, and it, it must be crippling for him. Can, we, can a group of people just gather around Richard now and pray for his eyes? Because, Richard, I am full of faith for your vision to be restored this morning. You know, guys, we, we, need to, we need to gather around each other. We need, to, we need to press into Jesus this morning. Because, you know, nothing is impossible for our God. Nothing. So if, you, if you've got a need, come and get prayer. There'll be a ministry team over here to, to pray for you. And they will joyfully pray for you. But you know what? There's no power in John. The power is all about Jesus. So it doesn't matter who prays for you, because it's all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus declares in Mark 2 verse 17, he says, And when Jesus heard of it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call righteous people, but sinners to repentance. And praise God. So come church this morning. Come and respond to our Saviour Jesus.